You are now listening to a member of the Disney Podcast family. Head over to Disney Podcast family on Instagram to see all the latest posts for this show and links to other great Disney podcasts. You're listening to The Mando Show, a podcast and review of Disney Plus's The Mandalorian and all things Star Wars. This week, we take a look at Disney Plus's new series, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Everybody to the Mando show. Man, oh man, oh man, it is here. It's it's been here three times now. We couldn't wait and we got so much of it all at once we didn't even know what to do with ourselves. So we are here this week to talk about Obi-Wan Kenobi parts one, two, and three. So much has happened. I scarcely know where to start. Uh, but I do know we're going to start with uh, introductions first. So to the left of me. Uh, Udi Obrado, Star Wars fan and podcaster. Across the table from me is... Five Show Joe, an apologetic Star Wars fan and fellow Star Wars podcaster. And a good place to start is at part one. Thanks. Appreciate that clue. But we're going to start at part three. <laughs> and to the right of me is... Chad, the resident Mandalorian. Thanks for being here, Chad. Thanks. Happy to be here. Good to see you. Hi, Chad. Hello. <laughs> and I am Derek Alvarado, father of two and Star Wars fan for life. Okay, so, and yeah, I'm still tattooing. Anyway, um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. We're not starting at part three. We're starting at part one. Actually, we're starting with this cast. They got the band back together. And by the band, I mean the two boy band. Mm-hmm. Uh, McGregor, Hayden Christensen. And the reception of uh, Hayden being back has been amazing from what I've seen. Yeah, Everyone's so very happy to see him. To see him. Uh, even though when he initially came on the scene, there was a lot of uh, complaints about him. But now everyone seems to be very glad. The nostalgia has kicked in. It's only taken, what, 20 years? Literally 20 years. 20 from, years. Yeah. And I think a lot of people have realized a lot of the criticism wasn't actually from Hayden. It was pretty, pretty much from the script. In the writing. Mm. Yeah. Right. Yep. yep. So um, he's gotten a lot of love. And of course, Hugh McGregor's had abundance of it forever and ever and ever. So that that's not anything new. But he's I'm sure he seems very happy that uh, Hayden's getting it now also. Mm-hmm. So it's good to see them together. They have uh, new people lined up. Uh, the My favorite person that's coming out might be a lots of other people favorite. And it's the first time it's happening for me is, um, gosh darn it, I looked, I forgot her name already. The, the little one playing Leia. Oh, oh. my goodness. Vivian Lyra Blair. There you go. Vivian. Little Vivian mm-hmm. is stealing the show. Adorbs. Holy <laughs> spotlight stolen for sure. Mackerel. I mean, they could, and, and whoever's doing the writing and giving her the lines and helping her be little Leia. The delivery of those lines. Killing it. it. Yeah. Absolutely killing it all the little murmured things little under her breath comments Mm -hmm. yeah the attitude i mean i can't i i I know i'm jumping the gun on all this but i can't it's been my favorite part i can't wait to see what more she does (laughs) she has got 
she's so precocious and so smart. And I think that is how um, two things. The force is working in her and uh, parenting because I think Owen's blowing it. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah. yeah. And I'll probably mention this a couple of times, but I was lucky enough to be at the world premiere of the first two episodes. And at the mm-hmm. end, they brought out the cast and most of most of the cast. Of course, Ewan and Hayden got the lo- super loud ovations, but she came out last and it was like Elvis hit the stage. I mean, mm-hmm. the crowd just went bonkers when she came out. So, yeah. And well-deserved. I mean, she's been great. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So, <clears throat> uh, all, so, so far, and from what we know, Deborah Chow is directing the entire series. Yep. Correct? Correct. All right. We love her. We think she's done. Uh, she did some great things with Mando and uh, all her other projects, of course, beforehand have led up to this. And uh, she's, I think she's doing a great, great job with Obi-Wan. Um, yeah, she's, I guess, directed a few episodes even of like, I don't know if it was Breaking Bad, but even uh, Better Call Saul. And some of those scenes have kind of come out on certain episodes. We'll hit them when they get there. But Okay. Yeah, but she's doing a great job. I think this is the first time we're seeing one person directing all of a Star Wars series. Yeah. Am I correct? In that? Yep. Correct. Um, it felt like that was right. I didn't bother to go back to every single Star Wars thing I ever made to f- double check that but um other than the prequels being by george yeah he right. did all three going back there wouldn't be anything that only one person directed yeah yeah she's director showrunner and i believe this the writers are all the same all the way up across the board too but yeah which is paying off so far i i feel yeah with okay. one continuous story it makes sense continuity wise absolutely yep yep um Another thing I've noticed too is the t- running time of Obi Wan, since we we got all three right now. Um, first one opened up at almost an hour. Uh, the next two are in the forty minute range. So so far we've gotten either a movie and a half or a full on movie of Obi Wan. Mm-hmm. Third mm-hmm. one felt really short by the time. Oh mean, yeah, I, I think that's just because of. Ha- you what know, happened? The, what happened? Yeah. But by the time it's over, I was like, that, that was 10 minutes. Like, you can't tell mm-hmm. me that wasn't a 10 minute episode. Yeah. I need right. more. Right. So many, so many things happening in it. All right. And one thing, too, even before through the trailers, I think I mentioned, or one of us mentioned that it looks even more cinematic than anything that's come out before. And the entire series so far has been very, very cinematic mm-hmm. um, in every aspect. So, I mean, it. Yeah, it's <laughs> could easily the, be in the theater. Yo, oh, yeah, and you could tell at, at parts that, yeah, this was going to be a movie at one time, but I am enjoying the six-plus-hour movie rather than an hour-and-a-half to two-hour movie for sure. So, exactly. I mean, this is definitely the way this story needs to be, and I'm, I'm excited for it. I'm so glad. This is amazing. Yep, yep, I feel the same way. Uh, so the music is being done by... <laughs> I caught Joe while he was taking a drink. You did. The actual Obi Wan theme is uh, has been done by John Williams, and is a little bit different than I thought it was going to be, but it still really hits the tone of the show. Um, very melancholy, very kind of sad in ways, but again, uh, very John Williams esque, very beautiful. So, so the actual score uh, of the show is done by Natalie Holt. 
um, who actually the most recent thing she's done is Loki, which I love the score to Loki. Mm-hmm. I did too. Yep. Yep. And this is, in my opinion, really good, but not very. I don't say not very Star Warsy, but there's certain scenes. I don't want to keep going back to John Williams, but there's certain scenes that need that Williams, that traditional Star Wars score, and especially since the movie or the show is has the um, ending credits of a film. It has those epic like Obi Wan moments and obviously Vader moments that we need those familiar uh, mm-hmm. tones. I, I completely agree. I mean, you can critique it um, whether it's good music, but I, I when we're back into original like OT characters, I feel we're already going to be nostalgic with it if we can connect better with music, which music connects so much. Um, that would like hit even harder, I think. Mm-hmm. So I, I completely agree with you. If we had a little bit more of that feel to it, I think it'd be even deeper. Uh, would pull people, the new people in. I don't know if they would know know the difference, but people like us, we totally like, you know, key in on that and really relate. The score's been a non-factor for me. I, I haven't even really noticed it to say if it was good or bad. Aside from the one, the one really loud, kind of screechy soundtrack when the cargo ship lands on the planet in the third episode i have that stuck in my head but aside from that i couldn't tell you what the score was like during the obi-wan vader fight was was there even music i i don't know i wasn't paying attention <laughs> and and i know we're jumping a little bit but that's okay but even especially the the horror-esque mike myers darth vader walking through the village <laughs> chasing obi-wan in a walk that even if that's not note for note, the Imperial March or the Imperial Suite or something, at least you got to have some of the tones, even if you're going to tweak it a little bit. But but the, like I said, the music, for what it is, is really good. But just like for certain scenes, it, I, I think we need that traditional uh, themes on some of the things that we know. Um, well, I'm going to jump in right here. So... Um... I'm kind of on the side with Chad as in I haven't paid too much attention to the music. And I think for what we're dealing with and what we're seeing, where we're seeing um, Obi-Wan in a downward spiral kind of state that he's in, um, the fact that he's playing in the background without being obtrusive and letting us watch what's happening on screen Mm -hmm. is different from Mando, whereas in Mando it helped convey a lot of the emotions of what's happening mm. because we couldn't really see it on his face. Yeah. So the music was more over the top, more front and center so that we had a better feeling of what was going on. But the fact that we can see Obi-Wan and see what's on his face and see what's happening, the fact that the music's more muted, I think plays into it fairly well. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's not, it's not a Jedi swashbuckling story, right? Not at the beginning anyways. I know Darth Vader showed up, but I mean, we're they're letting his presence, I think, fill the space more than having music fill the space. Yeah. And, um, you know, hearing the, his breathing come across, you know, loud and clear, I think it's supposed to give that more menacing vibe as opposed to having the music play all that part of it. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't think they're doing a bad job with it. I think it's, it's, been, it's been good because it's just letting it, it's there. It informs the scene as far as emotion goes, but it doesn't override what the actors are doing. Yeah, and that's actually a big John Williams trope, too, because, I mean, 
as much as he his music is important to whatever films he, he's in, he he likes to watch it before he conducts, and he'll be like, "This scene will be more powerful without any even background music, even low tones and stuff." So, hmm. so that's a big trope of his, and he's definitely a collaborator with uh, who who else is doing the score, even if he does the themes very similar to John Powell and uh, the solo score. Hmm. And I guess that's what I was kind of hoping for. Cause that was a brand new original score, but then it had the, the little dashes of known star Wars in certain scenes that like, okay, this is where that, you know, here they come theme needs to be playing and as asteroid field. But no, no, I, I agree with both you guys. It's just on certain scenes that I, I want uh, first world problems <laughs> for star Wars problems. I want that known stuff, but I'm enjoying how it's been done. Like I said, it's not in your face, and it is focusing on the acting of Obi Wan and Reva and and the characters. So, episode one or episode one, chapter chapter one, part uh, one, part one. Sorry, part, part one. one. All right, part one. Um, it's Obi Wan on Tatooine, mm-hmm. not in a great headspace, not in a great physical space, not in anything. Very much in limbo. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, and you get the feeling they did a very good job, I think, of showing you um, where he's at, which is a huge, huge, huge jump for everybody who's watched Rebels. And of course, you know, going into the the original New Hope, um, very different place. Like mm-hmm. he, he, you can tell, I think this is going to be the story of him coming out of that dark place and being okay with still being a Jedi, even though you're in hiding. Yeah. Because he clearly does not stay in this mm-hmm. place where he's weak and out of touch with the force, and uh, which almost cost Leia's life, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know that that whole opening with that I thought was very good way to set the tone. I I, I completely agree. I think um, the the picture that we get of Obi Wan and and um, I, I'm. I've heard a critique or two that they're comparing it to Last Jedi and Luke, and I kind of went, I, and, and I automatically got frustrated with that because I went, I know you don't like what happened with Luke because we don't really have a good reason why Luke was in that condition. We get Obi-Wan. We know why. We know what he's been through. You think about everything that he went through, losing his best friend, ha- thinking, he, you know, killing everything, losing you know, the force and no Jedi. And and you think about everything that he took on his shoulders and being the guy who he probably feels very guilty. And Owen gives him a jab at that survival guilt too. I'm correct. You think about all the trauma that he's been through 10 year jump, dude, you've been desolate. And how do you work through that? So I, I heard the critique and went, you guys are, you're knee-jerking to Last Jedi. I get that. I hate that, Luke. But this Obi-Wan, I completely get why he is the way he is. Why he, I don't like it. But, Owen, I mean, uh, Ewan McGregor does an amazing job of portraying a broken man. Rightly so. I mean, how can Obi-Wan not be broken? And I'm air quoting broken at this point. It's, right. it, it's great to, um, I, under, I understand it. So I totally accept that. And I'm like, okay, he's doing a great job of portraying. And I understand why he's so skittish with using the force. I, I mean, again, I, I get that part of me who gets kind of like, oh, I want him to use it because I want him to get back to the Obi-Wan that we love and, and we grew up with. But we got to understand what the character is now. Yeah, absolutely. And 
you know, even saying skittish used in the forest, he's completely closed out from it. And like I said, every day, and I, some people, the, the, some of the minor critiques was like, oh, it was just like really kind of low, slow paced and everything. I'm like, no, it was perfectly paced. It's showing you where he was at. Mm-hmm. Perfectly showing him working three times. All right, work's done. Cut the slap for the Opie. Leave, you know. I work for a jerk boss, but mm-hmm. I'm not going to intervene because, you know. It shows you that his Jedi morals have really gone out the window. Um, especially when the other uh, Jedi comes along asking for help, and he tells yeah. him, "Yeah, it was it's, it wasn't ahead. just Obi Wan hiding his lightsabers and shutting himself off from the Force. He's completely abandoned the Jedi Order, mm-hmm. and I think that kind of goes into the the darkest depths of it all. Yep. Um, yep. It's, especially considering, um, especially considering the fact that uh, that opening speech from the Grand Inquisitor about how Jedi can't help themselves." Mm-hmm. That it's like an itch, they have to do it, blah, blah, blah. You know, that whole thing that they will help people no matter what. They can't They can't stop themselves. And the fact that he, they show immediately that that's exactly what he's done. That's how he is managing to stay hidden is that he's not helping anybody no matter what's happening, period. Mm-hmm. Because he has one person that he's committed to watching over and that's it. And he ain't going to help nobody else. Yeah. And that's rough. That's brutal. <laughs> And the introduction of the Inquisitors, I thought, I mean, we saw in the trailer, but how that movie, how that actually scene actually kicked off the show after the uh, Order 66 uh, scene, which was pretty awesome. That opening scene. Yeah. But, I mean, we we get a deep feel for the Grand Inquisitor, the fifth brother, and the third sister, who's, you know, we were wondering if it was Reva, Reva, we find out it's Reva. But um, just that intensity of that scene and, you know, grilling the... You know, like you said, the the speech the Grand Inquisitor said, and then, you know, you're hiding Jedi because, you know, maybe somebody was too, you know, you're robbed or something. You can tell the guy was wounded and everything, but then, then Re- you know, we find out what kind of character Reva is right away by her throwing the blade right at the head, and that's how, you know, she's a little edgier, obviously, than some of the Inquisitors, but I don't know, I just love that whole scene and how he was exposed mm-hmm. and everything. The uh. Now, is Reva's a new character to Obi-Wan Kenobi, right? Yeah, brand okay. new. So I'm feeling like she is uh, one of those Padawan that went running off at the opening scene there. I, I'm feeling I've that seen a lot too. of that, people I, pointing specifically I, to, because there was one, one character the that matches the description. I fully agree with it, because right now, going into Reva, we're going to go into Reva a little bit. Sure, let's um, talk about her. Apparently, right, there's lots to talk about. Will you throw that phone out the window? <laughs> Like, um, right, right now, the one thing my, my, if I have to point at something I'm not liking is Reva. I don't like the character. I don't like the character at all. It's, uh, it has nothing to do with the, the actor or anything. I just don't like the character. I think the acting is a little over the top and her character is a little too melodramatic and, and, and comic book villainy like you know like what are you an avenger like are you coming out of avengers like i, I don't I, the vibe is a little off and that's my critique um and and i don't know her motivation we can assume now there are a couple things that you can point at one would be the opening like hey you know it was, all the way on the left the character would match the description of reva you can i can i i, I re them this morning mm-hmm. all three and I went, yeah, it's got to be Reva. 
Because then the other part going down, um, when they're in the safe house and she sees the Jedi Order, that really pisses her off. So clearly her hate for the Jedi, and Obi-Wan more in particular, I want to explain. And then, and then at that point, I'm trying to give it that whole, like, I don't know everything about the character, but right now I don't have enough for me to be like, okay, the character, like, I'm good with that character. So I'm in this weird kind of spot waiting for more. But right now she's the only negative. I don't, the melodramatic, the, the weird parkour scene. I'm like, why did we get that? L- little things, I'm like, eh. The force parkour? That was awesome. <laughs> I think there's certain things. So um, to speak to the, the melodramatic side, I mean, they're all kind of melodramatic, honestly. I, every single one of the Inquisitors has yeah. got something that's just ridiculous. With the Grand Inquisitor with his, you know, quiet menacing, giving these ridiculous speeches. I mean, bad guys don't do that. Who, who does that, right? He's monologuing. Exactly. <laughs> and that's only... That's only cartoonishly evil characters that do that kind of stuff yeah you know but here we're getting in live action uh what is it the fifth brother is that him yeah yeah uh, he's all you know whispery talk mm-hmm. like you could play that off as I'm maybe next on the line i'll get what i deserve you know all that thing it's a, it could be just maybe that's how that particular alien race speaks and that there's no change in you know but it's all <laughs> All the Inquisitors are <laughs> melodramatic. It's not just her. Yeah, so you can't kinda. really blame her for, for being yep. the same way too because that's the environment that she's in. They're all like that. And then you got the king melodramatic himself. Darth Vader's are walking around. <laughs> I mean, can you, I, I can't blame her for being that way. She, she's a, she's um, a creation of the environment that she's in and she's dealing with it the best that she can. And that's having to be melodramatic along with the rest of them because they're all drama queens. Sorry. Yeah, but just, no, no. That's, and, that's how I feel about it. Well, why, and, and you're not why she acts that way. And you're not wrong, but I feel like for whatever reason, it's like two notches above. Like bring it down here, and then you'd be like, it's like maybe she's I, ambitious. Well, like well, no, I, no, no, and and I have no problem with that. I mean, the character being ambitious, but it, it feels like the melodramatic is like, look, I know you're all melodramatic, but I'll be competitive and be like two notches above. Like bring it down to everybody else, and then I, I think it would. For me, it would be a little bit more in line. It just, she sticks up so hard. And I'm like, Ugh. it t- it pulls me out a little bit. That's all. It pulls me. The character pulls me out. I don't understand. I think she's going to die. You want to talk about being pulled out of this series? What what did you guys think when you saw Flea pop up on screen? <laughs> I laughed. Yeah, I, was I like, tried okay. and ignored that it was Flea. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, like, Flea. I was, like, I was like so in the moment. I was like, oh, I'm watching a TV show. There's Flea. Bye, yeah. McFly. See you at the plant tomorrow. I know. It's not the first time he's played a little jerky bad guy either. I heard somebody say, did he actually just show up to set in his regular clothes? Or did yeah. He, was he on suit? But no, I just I just want to say one more thing real quick about the Inquisitors. Just uh, I'm, I'm sure. I don't think we'll, we're done talking well, about yeah, Reva but Just for those keeping score, the Grand Inquisitor and Fifth Brother uh, from Rebels. Mm. Uh, the six? No. The other, the female Seven Inquisitor. Sister. Seventh? She's from the comics, I believe. Uh, Jedi Fallen Order? I think that... Okay, one of them. I thought it was a comics, but it might have been the one from uh, the Jedi Order. Oh, Fallen you mean Order. the other... Uh, the, the, one, the one in the show. Yeah, comics. Yeah, and then Reva's original for the show. Okay. So, um, yeah. And I don't understand... Uh... I don't. I don't think she's doing. I don't think she's being anything over the top. And now to to pull completely out of the storyline, I don't understand what the issue is with social media and them going after her and racial remarks. I mean, I didn't see anything about it, but apparently it was enough for Ewan McGregor to get up and say yeah. something. Um, why? Why is there any? I don't know. 
racial anything being thrown know. out, especially when we're talking about a galaxy where mm-hmm. there's all kinds of mm-hmm. bajillions, everything. Yeah. Why? You know, I, I here is the one thing that I don't get about people that I, I read a critique. Somebody made a critique about that. That even though, you know, the character is diverse, as, uh, and somebody made a critique about, well, you know, who was really diverse. If you're really diverse, you got to go back to Phantom Menace and Aliens and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, why is this even a conversation, you guys? Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Why are you bringing any of this real world crap into our fantasy? Like, go leave it at the door, man. Who cares? If the character is good, I don't care. If you have 80,000, you know, aliens or, you know, a, you know not humanoid... Okay, cool. If you don't, okay, cool. Like I don't, I don't get what. What are you guys doing? And and, I, and then the, and then going into the racial part of it, even more. I mean, it's already not okay, beyond not okay, and unacceptable. And then to throw it out just because you don't like what? Yeah, leave I'm, it. Stop. I'm confused on the whole thing. Stop, but then again, man. people like that have always confused me. Yeah, yeah, I, I know. I don't get it, and and I'm glad you, McGregor. Like I saw his video, I'm like, good for you, you. I mean, good for you. And whoever, I will tell you, man, whoever is throwing racial things at, at, at Moses for 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 whatever reason, come on, man. Like, yeah, you're yeah. trash. You're get trash. A, get out of my Star Wars. Yeah, you're trash. And it's just those people just trying to crap on stuff that's. First of all, people are loving, but one of the big, I don't say big knocks on Star Wars is just the lack of diversity. That's never been an issue. Never been an issue I with Star Wars. That. I, I, I never got that. Yeah, no, I don't get all. it. Like you go back into into the, the original trilogy. You had, I mean, come on, like you guys, what, what strong are you doing? female character before it was any kind anything. Of popular yeah. thing. I mean, that that is why we hold Carrie Fisher in such a high regard for for all of us at this table. It was like one of our first. I mean, we had like Wonder Woman, True, Linda Carter, but mm-hmm. strong, independent women that we could all like identify yeah. with and look up to. And that theme has continued the entirety. <laughs> Star Wars, you look at every IP that they have put out, they have had that in there as part of its mm-hmm. mythos, its core, its, its everything. And I, and people who start complaining, I'm like, then you're not looking or you're just looking to complain. That's the way I feel. Yeah. You can find the beauty and, and what you want out of every IP of Star Wars, whether I like it or not, doesn't even matter. But if you identify with it and like it, then go connect with it. I don't get it. I don't get it. <laughs> and and real quick, going with Leia, like we're when we're introduced to you know Star Wars... It was like, oh, we got to save this princess, this damsel in distress. We got to save her. We got to rescue her. We meet her. This lady doesn't need no rescuing. She just needs the door unlocked, and she'll take care of business. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's why we love. Quickly turns around and yeah. saves the exactly. quote unquote heroes. But yeah, with, down the but shoe, this, fly boy. Yeah. <laughs> but with this racism crap, I mean, it's if you don't like a character, that's fair. Not every character is for everybody. But when you, I mean. Yeah, yeah, it's just stupid. Yeah, me, and you're stupid. Yeah, me not liking Reva has zero to do with what she looks like. It's it's the character, period. So, so you don't like that character? No, I, yeah. not yet. Like I haven't like just. I, there's uh, a story arc. It's coming. Yeah. I, and, and I have I a theory for it. it. And uh, well, I'm, I'm sure we'll, we'll talk about stuff. No, later. talk about the theory well, now. Or, Let's go. So my part is, I well, we obviously might be in agreement that she was that little girl mm-hmm. in Order sixty six. Uh, one of the big things about Order sixty six was uh, after Yoda and Obi wan get there, Obi wan um, reconfigures that little transmitter to send all Jedi away. Mm-hmm. So if all Jedi are sent away, the ones that are still survived, they're getting no help. Right. And so I, to me, that can that kind of shows me like a, a reason why she possibly has hatred because she cut off any help that her and the few little survivors had at Order 66, which got them captured and 
tortured and her becoming, you know, either die or become an inquisitor. And then they find her in the gutters of Coruscant. Because there's no help. Right. Could be. I mean, that's just a quick little... Yeah. No, and and that's a perfectly good, valid storyline. I mean, from what we know so far, it could very well be that. But, I mean, we don't know what these writers intend to do and what kind of uh, storyline they can spring on us. And, And, I mean, it's... I had the wild thought that maybe she's just been biding her time to be in deep cover this whole time to work her way through... I mean, this is way, way past reasonable... Uh, 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 theories um, but she might be working actually for the Jedi or trying to maybe trying to find Obi-Wan to reestablish the Jedi because she knows that what's happening on the inside is horrible and she wants to find him before anybody else so that Vader doesn't find him I mean she's failing because the other Inquisitors are getting <laughs> in the way now but I mean that that to me is not entirely impossible <laughs> That'd be a very, like, if it went that way. I think I agree more with, with Joey's theory. Mm-hmm. I do too. But if you go with that one, I'd be like, boom. I'll be like, okay. Bam. Okay, good. You got it. I like Deborah. You got me. <laughs> yeah. So, hidden hidden good guy in there somewhere. Yeah. So, fully committed. Just like uh, Obi-Wan was fully committed to not doing anything. Yeah, especially when he got reached out to the, from that Jedi. The Jedi found him in the desert. And he's like, bury your lightsaber, go in hiding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he would survive. Yep. And the fact that she was, I mean, there's something about ambition and there's something about s- killing your boss. Mm-hmm. I mean, to me, that's a, that's a little bit beyond ambition. Or, or, or I don't know, maybe. <laughs> I don't know, not in the Sith. Not, no, right? not in that. True. Yeah, there's it's that. Yeah, almost true. expected. True. Well, you brought it up. How does that affect canon? Correct me, aren't, aren't we? Yeah, I, ha- I had a question in here of how relevant is watching Clone Wars and Rebels going to be to Kenobi, and apparently not at all. No, <laughs> no. And, and that, and that kind of, there is a thing that kind of bothered me. I'm like, wait. Hold up, hold up. I was just looking into it today. They had an interview with it with one of the main story writers, and he's like, I can't tell you everything right now. The show's not over. Okay. It's like, but we're not breaking canon. He said, there's no way we're breaking canon. Okay. And and that was my thing. Like a lot of people lost their freaking mind. Wait, wait a second. Like whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> well, we just finished watching uh, Mingna come back to life when we yeah, yes. wrote her off as dead. Yeah. So okay. when when we saw the Grand Inquisitor get stabbed through, I didn't really doubt that they were going to kill him off. I was like, okay. I was like, if they did that, I'd be like, okay, they're they're letting Deborah Chow take some creative, make creative differences versus the cartoon. I was like, that's a big deal, but okay, that's cool. They're letting him do it. But then my other thought is, if they're not and they bring him back, how do they bring him back and have it not be cheap? Have it not be one of those? Ugh! Like you did that, really? <sighs> when they brought back Fennec Shen, did you think it was cheap? No. No. Well, no, no, I, but I get your point. I'm like, okay, what is going to be the the story? If, you know, if yeah. Boba Fett found her after a gunshot, after she got shot a good 20, what, 12 hours beforehand, managed to get her to some other place and still kept her alive, she still lived. I think the Empire, Darth Vader, the Inquisitors and all that can bring the Grand Inquisitor yeah. back after a few minutes. Because they did have, in the gut. before that happened, he was talking to the Fifth Brothers saying, you know, bring, send a garrison, they'll be here within an hour. Yeah. So there was a garrison on the way, but I don't know. One thing, the first thing I thought of, because when, when Rupert Friend was first shown as a Grand Inquisitor, people lost their mind. He doesn't look like the Grand Inquisitor. Yeah, His head's too small. Too. 
I'm like, well, yeah. watch watch a Jason Isaacs <laughs> Inquisitor show up at a, you know chapter six at the end or something. But that would make me lose my mind. <laughs> but I don't think he's dead. I mean, I don't I, think so yeah. either. I mean, he is. He does look like the one from exactly from Rebels. I mean, right. other than the uh-huh. head not being big, the proportions, of course, were were mm-hmm. cartoonish because it was you know, an animated series. Yep. Um. So it would make sense to me, like, it, or the other solution I figured was maybe it's just a different guy ends up being the Grand Inquisitor and they just happen to be from the same race because they quickly learn or whatever or it's a clone I mean there's so many different yeah. options when it comes to Star Wars I don't think uh, I know we used to live in a world where oh except if you fall through a laser gate then you're definitely <laughs> yeah. dead I think you're dead well no I, that's and small, you're he lo- got cut in half and you're a lonely stormtrooper there yeah he's done Disney on one hand we can't show Blood, violence, and gore. Disney, on the other hand, cut a guy in half with a laser gate. <laughs> and, and cut a random woman's hand off. We'll go there. Yeah. It happens. I mean, so it happens. Burn. Yeah. On, and on level. Yeah. Planet. It yep. includes some torture in this while we're at it. Yeah. Hanging. <laughs> bodies hanging in display. Speaking, yeah. speaking of seeing somebody burn, uh, real quick, I, I didn't see it at the premiere but until my rewatch, but that recap on the entire saga leading up to the show. Oh I was in God. tears, seriously. Oh, yeah. I was, too. Oh, my God. It, like, it began, brutal. and I'm like, oh, here we go. I'm like, oh, like, put you in the mind exactly like, okay, and just in case you forgot, this is how screwed up everything was. Here's Obi-Wan. You're like, okay, 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 we got it, we got it. That's why Four I said minute, five minute Look, recap. I'm, I'm getting I chills re- rethinking about it right now. Like, oh, It just makes brutal. me really want to rewatch the prequels yep. again. I want to do one, two, three, Obi Wan four, and I already watched four again, and I was, just, man, that one, that one hurts. Well, you got to do one, two, one, two, Clone Wars, <laughs> three, Obi Wan four. <laughs> oh God, yeah, if you the, really the, want the new, the new, uh, the, well, the Clone, new marathon. Yeah. Clone Wars, you need to kind of like flip flop back and forth between uh, Revenge two and three, of the, yeah, Revenge yeah. of the two. So, yeah, oh. wow, we're getting way sidetracked. Yeah, we are. Okay, sorry. Back to back to Obi Wan. Anyway. <laughs> Part one, Obi-Wan is <laughs> is down in the dumps. All right. Um, then we get a little bit of, of play. Uh, like I said, um, Leia being brought up by the Organas. Oh, mm-hmm. Very confident, smart, um, great upbringing. Owen and, and uh, Baru. 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 Not killing it with Luke. No. Uh, we get we see the results of him as he grows up. Kind of, uh, I always thought this one, even when I first saw the original Star Wars, he sounds like a whiny brat. Oh, yeah. Um, I was going to the station and pick up some power converter. I'm like, what a... Yeah. yeah, it took a while for him to, to grow out of that particular thing. Um, but we also s- learn um, that Obi-Wan is supposed to train him. And Owen, uh, originally that was part of the plan. We learned through some dialogue that when he got old enough that Obi-Wan would start training him. And uh, Owen puts the kibosh on that plan. Mm-hmm. What doesn't even let uh, Obi-Wan... And I love that little uh, Easter egg of the... Skyhopper. Uh, the Skyhopper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> the toy that Luke is playing with in the uh, original mm-hmm. in A New Hope. And uh, it's from Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan tried to... I, it gets to him eventually, yeah. obviously. Yeah. Or or maybe Owen bought it. bought it and after meeting something. probably the coolest, funniest Jawa that we've ever seen yeah. in any Star Wars. 
these Jawas keep they keep putting bigger, <laughs> bigger brass ones on the Jawas, man. Yeah. Like every time the Tuscan Raiders and Book of Boba Fett, and now the the Tika, I think is or yeah. something like that. Yeah. Oh, seriously, you stink. <laughs> yeah. And then they're <laughs> like, the hey, if you're gonna smack. steal my part, at least clean it when you try to sell it back to me. I'm like, oh my god, like perfect. Cle- cleaning costs more money. <laughs> yeah, cleaning costs extra. You're like, oh my god, these Jawas <laughs> are unbelievable. It just cracks me up. They keep adding these layers to these mm-hmm. tertiary characters that, you know, at the beginning of that we ever saw them were practically nothing. And now we get these huge layers of not just uh, background, but just character. And, and, you know, I think I think we can kind of credit a little bit, I think, uh, uh, Fabro and Filoni for that because they're making, the, I mean, they've done the... the the hard work, I guess we want to put it, bringing in these, like you said, their tertiary characters. The toy box characters. Right, and then or the peg warmers, the peg and, warmers. And, and being like, hey, we got something. We have a, a whole other layer that we can go dig into and how rich, I mean, because you go back to, and that's going back to George because George had backstories for everybody. Mm-hmm. Yep. So for them to bring those forward is great because, yeah, I mean, we're getting these Jawas and, you know, you would have not thought about them before, but now you're like, dude, these these things are like, incredibly like scavenger and they're kind of scummy but they're funny and i want more of them you want to talk about george lucas backstories there was a name mentioned in episode three did you guys pick up on it Mm -hmm. quinlan oh yeah quinlan literally a background character from the phantom menace that in legacy becomes this amazing jedi Mm -hmm. through comics and stories and now is canon just because of clone wars name yeah Mm -hmm. a huge part in the animated clone wars show and originally the the books were adventurous too yeah, they and they recently had a book, uh, Dark Disciple, which is a really good book. But yeah, he's literally a background character you see for maybe 10 seconds in Phantom Menace. Yep, and here we go. And now it made me, I, I like what you posted on Instagram, Joe, about how every every fan heard Quinlan like, oh, 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 like, oh, man, here we go. And, and it makes you, even if we don't get him, knowing that he's there makes you kind of go like, oh, that was cool. Oh, I just I thought cool. spin off. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, spin or character that shows up to help. Who knows? Yeah. Who yeah. knows? Yeah, because that guy was a rebel before Rebels was popular. And oh hi- yeah, and him and Obi Wan in the Clone Wars had a little very close. Eh, well, at first, or I know they were like little. Obi Wan didn't like his technique, his his style. Mm-hmm. But then he was Obi Wan's the one that kind of in in the canon got him back into the Jedi Order, uh, and you know was a yeah. close friend. Quinlan knows him one. Yeah. That's that's one you owe me. That's one. <laughs> yep. Um, oh, the other thing too, I think uh, not only did we get going back to the Jawa real quick, not only did we get to see some great, you know, a comedic moment with the Jawa and some more understanding of Jawas, but we also they show it to highlight just how beat down or resigned Obi Wan mm-hmm. is to being because he doesn't even argue with him about. I mean, he he argues with the price one time, and that's it. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of the time, he's like, "Yeah, I'll just buy it. Here's your money. Just just yeah. go, whatever." Um, so to show that that that's how bad of a place he's in. Um, and even seeing the Jedi belt that the Jawa was trying to sell, mm-hmm. oh, it's a Jedi. Oh, nah. nah, I'm good. Yeah. Like everything to remove himself from that. Everything he could do to remove himself from the Jedi Order and the Force. Everything. Which we get again. We understand why. Well, I, I mean, I completely yeah. see why. It was uh, nice to see Jimmy Smith's back. Oh yeah, love yeah. Jimmy Smith. Man, he is, Alderaan is beautiful. Yeah, right. I think Jimmy Smith's has one of the best lines of dialogue in the show so far. 
when he's yelling at Obi-Wan and says, the girl's just as important. I was like, damn straight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I think that gets lost a lot in the Star Wars story. Like, no, Leia's just as important as Luke in the grand scheme of things. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. When you look at it, we know her arc. Yeah, yeah completely. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, I, yeah, I know we'll talk about Marvel uh, Smiths, but the way we're introduced to what we think is Leia is a total Padme move. The, oh, the yeah. handmaiden decoy. Right? Then off in the oh, woods. Oh, I didn't even think of that. Yeah, that, oh, that's oh my gosh. There's a lot of that was Padme good. tugs in, in this first three episodes. Oh my so God, yeah, dude. And How we'll, many uh, times do you get like, I see her face? I'm like, oh. But hearing her, you know, finally seeing Leia up in the tree with uh, Lola, the little little batteries that included Joy, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you remember the 80s. Uh-huh. Um, but just calling out the ships like, oh, that's a smuggler. Oh, that's a so-and-so. You know, and that, apparently some of those ships were from the old role-playing game in the 90s and comics. Like, they're actually that, that, that deep of cuts. But uh, we, we see, we literally see a little Carrie Fisher. I mean, this, like I so said, this little actress, oh, yeah. you know, we... When 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 Grogu's first introduced, everybody lost their mind. I'm like, no, I, I, I'm all about <laughs> freaking little little Leia right now. Um, yeah, I went from loving it, then she got annoying. I'm like, oh, but that's kind of the character. Then I loved her again, and oh, you're getting annoying. But then I'm like, yeah, a ten year old strong willed. That's that is where you're gonna go. You're gonna go like, oh man, yeah. But at the end of it, by then I'm like, how do you not love this Leia right here? And seeing her relationship with Bale. Mm-hmm. After he knows she, he knows her will, her mm-hmm. her personality, and he lets her be her, yep. but still teaches her the lessons and just the whole scene too with a with a cousin. Oh, you're not a real Organa and stuff. And, and <laughs> oh another thing God. that I love that and burn the, and the other little <laughs> burn. Oh, that, burn. Like, what yeah. you, you say? Thank you to your droids and you can't, lower life form. Oh yeah. Well, then I don't have to say to you. <laughs> like, yeah. oh. well, you know. And then going back to like what Derek was saying about the parenting. I mean, you have the contrast of like. You know what Owen does with Luke? Hide what you are. Hide everything. Blah blah blah. Don't don't. We're gonna put you in a corner and, and keep everything from you. And then you have the 180, which is the you know be everything. We're gonna show you what it is, and you don't shy away from who you are. I mean, man, just a such a back and forth or 180 from mm-hmm. one to the other. And it, it, it's great if knowing again we know the arc of the characters and and seeing the beginnings is great for me. I mean, I'm loving it. Yeah. Me too. So uh, we get introduced to Leia. We see all that play out. And of course, the world goes crazy and falls in love. And then uh, she gets kidnapped. Mm-hmm. And Flea. <laughs> I knew there was a reason I didn't like Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> I mean, when they started, they were great. What they've become, I don't know. Flea, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. uh, anyway. Um, and so this uh, sets up... Uh, uh, Obi Wan dead. Go and find her. Um, you know, or, or, or uh, Bail convinces him. He shows up in Tatooine. Well, it takes a while because he first sends a hologram in the old Jedi communicator. Right, wow. that's yeah. deep in the safe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. And Obi Wan says no. Yep. Um, I, I got to watch the boy. Sorry. And yep. So that's why he shows up. Personally, shows up. Talks him into it. Can't say no. And we. Uh, we see where that Obi-Wan wasn't just throwing out some random advice. He literally did the same thing that he told the other Jedi. Go bury this in the yeah. middle of the desert, which we see him go find his lightsaber and Anakin's lightsaber. Yeah. But kind of going back to what Chad said too, just that whole, I mean, that was a very intense discussion on how Bale finally got him. Mm-hmm. He's like, 
you lost Anakin, you know, you still got the children, but like, like you said, Leia's as important, you know, if not, you know, to Star Wars fan, if not more important than Luke in the overall story arc. And you, you made a promise to protect them both, basically. You know, that's... Right. And, you know, we lost, but save the children. Mm-hmm. And where was the help us Obi-Wan, your only, your yeah. only hope? But yeah. I know. I know, right? Again, that we see some uh, foreshadowing of things that we know mm-hmm. that yeah. happen later. Yeah, and that, that was another, I feel like I need to address, that was another critique of like how, you know, they're thinking it destroys canon back to New Hope. And then I kind of go like, okay, I can kind of see that. Like, you know, when Hope me Obi-Wan Kenobi, that dialogue always made you think that she has no idea who he is, right? And he does everything to hide Obi-Wan. He's only Ben. He's only Ben. He's only Ben. And that's why I like to hear that critique like, oh, how? And I'm like, wait a second. She only knows him as Ben. Obi-Wan Kenobi and Ben, you, if you don't know, how are you going to make that tie? It's easy, yeah. easy for us to make that tie. Mm-hmm. You know, Ben, it could be this old scruffy dude, and she would have never known. And then you go back into A New Hope, she never sees him. Yeah, because so, when Luke says, you know, I'm here with Ben Kenobi, she's like, Ben Kenobi, where? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, 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 I looked at that, and I heard that critique, and I went, Really? Like, and I, I don't know, I'm, I'm getting a little if frustrated. Anything, it makes more sense. Yeah, and I'm getting a little frustrated with a lot of people that all they're, like, I feel like you guys are just nothing you're, but hating. I'm like, go yeah. a layer deeper. You may not be happy initially, but go a layer deeper. Think about it a little bit more, and you may, like, oh, hey, you know, that actually makes sense. Or it's not as earth-shatteringly awful as you're trying to make it out to be. It makes that hologram better because she's not saying, old Ben, I need your help. She's saying, no, I need you to go back to being Obi-Wan Kenobi. I need yeah. I need the clone. I need you. I need that guy. You served with my father in the Clone Wars. I need Obi Wan Kenobi. I don't need old ass Ben. And, well, yeah. and it I goes to, to one of our comments. I'll, I'll read at the end. But uh, same same thing that that's kind of bugged me because what we know from Leia, even if it's even out of the novels, but if you go to Rebels, if you go to a few of the comics, uh, she's all about the cause. Mm-hmm. She and she's not about. Remember when you saved me when I was a kid? Save no. It was all about. The greater good, the greater cause of the rebellion. Yep. And even, you know. All the way through when, the when, when Ben dies and Luke's, oh, you know, I missed him and stuff. And Leia's like, you know, she saw her whole planet exploded in front of her. Yeah. <laughs> destroyed. And she was still like, yep. I'll mourn. I got no time to mourn. I got to deal yep. with the cause. Yeah. And like, like Chad said, you know, you helped my father. You're a general in the Clone Wars. This is when we need you the most. Mm-hmm. You know, so. Yeah. And, and, and like you're saying, it. it it makes it even more to me because it is her trying to remind him like that is who you are, not the old hermity mm-hmm. runaway guy who maybe if, even if I do remember you from when I'm 10, how many times you're like, you look more beat up. You look like an old man, but like more, Oh, I'm, you're my daughter. More like my grand, you know, that yeah. I'm your father, more like my <laughs> grandfather, all those little quips. And I'm like, it makes more sense to me. Like, so again, the critique, I'm like, you guys are just, you're digging now. Yeah. Like you're going for it just for, I don't know why, but hey. Digging like he like dug for the lightsabers. Because they want to sound important. That's yeah. Why. yeah. <laughs> That's why. All right. So anyways, moving on. Um, you know, and then uh, he, he, at the end of part one, he's jumping on that ship and he's heading out to go and save her. So now we get in part two, a huge, huge shift in gears as far as visual goes. Because we, you know, Tatooine, we, we all know Tatooine, brown, gray, dry. Uh, very monotone in colors. Even even I don't the cities. Like sand. 
Yeah, even the cities look like crap. Mm. I mean, they look the same color. It's just it's just all bleh. Right. Now we come to a planet that's all city. Neon lights all over the place. Huge shift in um, the visuals. And, uh, you know, we get a taste of what life is like there. It's an outlaw planet. It's the underworld, the underbelly. The- What's it called? Dio? Dio? Dio. Yeah. Dio, I think. No, it's a planet yeah. I never heard of before. So either they made it up for this or it's a reference of something I don't, I'm not aware of. Chad, you ever heard of this planet before? Mm. No. Okay. Um, you know, and he, they, I mean, you know, things are bad when you got kids walking around in the street, you know, selling spice, giving spice away, giving it away, <laughs> giving it away. Yeah. Which is weird. That was, that was the only thing that was a little strange to me. Really like, off. I'm, I'm just like, going to oh. hand him a. You got a uh, free taste. You get a taste. That's not a taste, dude. <laughs> she handed him like a, yeah. a a salt shaker's worth of that stuff. Like it was, yeah. it was looked like a lot. And for those that don't know that, I forget her name, but that actress, that's actually Ewan McGregor's daughter. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah, mm. I did not know that. Wow, mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Yes, because yes. like, the crowd, the crowd rough. cheered. I'm like, is this somebody from like the CW? I had no yeah. idea. Then <laughs> later on, I found out. R- that's really funny when she's like, I was once someone's, someone's daughter. daughter. Yeah. <laughs> I know that's what I was going to say. I was like, dang, and those lines must have been either really ironic or really yeah. on the nose. Like, yeah. I don't know what they're, I'm assuming their relationship is pretty good if they're sitting there doing that together. <laughs> but, oh man, that's funny. Wow. That adds another layer. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Joe. I yeah, didn't yeah. know that. Star Appreciate Wars is that. for families. Yep. That's awesome. That is so awesome. Um, no wonder she gave him so much of that spice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Familial hookup. Yeah. Well, no, no. And, and to add, her line is like another one of these and you'll forget all about her. You think about that line too. You're like, ooh. All right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. But I mean, good thing. She saved him, you know, having that huge thing because we get to see what happens. I mean, I've always kind of wondered. I don't think they've ever explicitly shown people on spice like they kind of show them like just yeah not like what happens so that's what it does <laughs> holy moly it's a good thing he had that gas mask yeah yeah but even before that uh i, we're, I feel like flea would i'm sorry okay i feel like flea would have had a little bit of a better resistance to it Don't, <laughs> right. shouldn't he have like he shouldn't have been that affected by yeah, it yeah i mean right? I, I agree with that that rock star yeah, life yeah no no i agree <laughs> <laughs> but i was saying even before that we're introduced to a, a uh a little, another little spice dealer, little guy that he's like, you need help? There's a Jedi here that helps people mm-hmm. and sends them to uh, the little stronghold of uh, who we find out is um, Kamal. Kamal Nanjani's character, mm-hmm. uh, oh Haja. How does that guy Haja keep the getting, Jedi. getting into everything? Like, he was an internal in Marvel. Like, I would have never seen him as yeah. a superhero because I just know him as this goofy guy that's just cracking jokes all the time. And I love him as an actor, a comedian. And so, you know, I was excited when he was casting Eternals and even casting him, like, it was funny, but he's always him, <laughs> no matter, mm-hmm. you know, some actors get into the character. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, okay, you know, they're, they're great actors, but even him in Eternals, it's like, okay, this is Kamal just with powers. Now it's, this is Kamal with magnets and thinking he's a Jedi. So he doesn't really escape his persona, but, but he's still a charming guy. So it makes for that, you know, a good good time on the Don't scenes they call and, them method actors is that what yeah he's not a method actor for sure no. <laughs> but the scenes he was in were great i mean this the whole yeah. i mean i'm haja jedi <laughs> yeah the, and, yeah the whole air that he puts on is pretty funny yeah and, and you know it but it, it made sense considering the way people talk about jedi even beforehand when the jedi mm-hmm. were around to be seen like mm-hmm. 
And now nobody knows what they act like. So of course, the more aloof or mm-hmm. weird or whatever you act, aloof and humble at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, he he plays that pretty yeah. well. Then waiting to get paid, he's like, kind of like giving the like, give me the money, give me the money. They should get. Oh, you shouldn't have. <laughs> oh, you didn't have to do that. Uh, yeah, yeah, you yeah, did. I will never forget you. You must. <laughs> all right, all right, that's so bad. Then we get the first, not Ben, but Obi Wan Kenobi, Detective Obi Wan from the Attack of the Clones, mm-hmm. uh, in full, full force and. The way he's just questioning him about, oh, you know, the lights, they're, they're very expensive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that whole scene was pretty funny. Oh, so yeah. some more comedic uh, levity in the middle of all this serious stuff going on, um, which was good. It's, it's good to have that. I mean, they always have that in Star Wars. At some point, they find a way to, to get it in there, which is awesome. Uh, but he leads, you know, Obi-Wan in the right direction, and there they go. They head off to um ends up in that in the same spice whatever lab thing which anybody who's watched breaking bad that's right that, that's the scene i was getting to you get yep. the uh, breaking bad breaking <laughs> bad lab yep, yeah i mean exactly. spice lab but i mean in any type of movies or shows that we've seen that involves like drug trade or anything like that you you see the a lab like that there's always yeah. people in there yeah. with either gas masks or some whatever ridiculous non-usual uniform or lack of uniform uh while they're dealing with the the drugs the mm-hmm. illicit material um so he get, goes in there and you know he ends up finding leia and you know other than the Almost, he got ambushed. Well, we talked about that for a second. And this was another scene how we see how closed off he is from the Force mm-hmm. because he didn't sniff the trap. And if you go back to the beginning of Revenge of the Sith, first thing he's like, I sense a trap. You know, I sense Dooku. And let, mm-hmm. w- what do we do? Spring the trap. Mm-hmm. Completely closed off. Had no idea. Mm-hmm. Right. And no Force. So yep. even the little things are, are, are very well placed to see where he is at in this, this time. Still knows how to fight, though. Yeah. So that's good for good for him because he can uh, still mix it up very well, um, which, you know, we saw more of that in the Clone War um, animated series than we did in the movies, I think, because mm-hmm. um, it was more lightsaber play there. So, um, yeah. And then uh, Leia nails him when he comes inside the door, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and they have a conversation and he convinces her and they head off. And um, watching that get what Haja 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 come in and be an actual surprise like help to him mm-hmm. without yeah. asking for money or anything like and knowing that that's Obi Wan like calling him <laughs> Obi Wan. Um, so there's more to that character. I don't know if he's gonna survive if he survived his uh, conversation with the third sister or not. They didn't show a body, so no. even sometimes these days, even if they show a body that's not cut in half, well, even if it's cut in half, mm-hmm. sometimes they still come back. Well, because you heard Flea get inquisited, inquisited. Yeah. He got <laughs> the whirl, whirlwind. He got a facelift. Yeah. yeah. Oof. Yeah. Flea got exterminated. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. You you should have been there for that. Too. I know, right? That if I had like, a double bladed like whirling lightsaber, I mean, yeah. I am the exterminator. <laughs> yep. Um. So, I mean, the, and I think the end of part two uh, for sure sets up part three. Uh, when the third, oh, not, not only did the third sister, like we just mentioned a minute ago, you know, skewer the Grand Inquisitor, um, but she lets Obi-Wan know that Anakin isn't dead. Yeah, 
And even that, even before that, we get Deborah Chow's second uh, John Wick moment in her directing Star Wars with uh, letting the bounty hunters know about mm-hmm. Obi-Wan. Mm-hmm. And not even just not to capture him, just to snuff him out for them to capture him. But I think some of the important part, too, is uh, before all that is the relationship building with Leia and Obi-Wan. You know, we see how sassy she is the whole time. And even saying, like, Ben, that's not a Jedi name, and you know, getting all this stuff. Uh, and one of the gut wrenching moments of so far the first three series, there's a couple of gut wrenching moments, but the first one is when he just looks at her and, like, how old are you? And she's like 10, he's like, or whatever. But then she goes, You remind me of somebody. Mm-hmm. And she's like, Oh, was she a Jedi? No, she was a leader. Mm-hmm. And she was, I mean, just all those scenes that I'm like, oh. First of all, it's like you can even. Think of he's talking about Padme because obviously that's mm-hmm. her mother. Then other things you can even see of him even seeing mm-hmm. a little bit of Satine in her, just you know, strong women from his past that he was obviously you know had a connection with. And you show they it really showed that he going back to Padme and even in chapter three that he actually him and Padme were friends. You always forget that mm-hmm. you always think of her and uh, her and Anakin, but you know he's known her since she was younger too yeah and 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 a lot of people forget that too because it's glossed over in in uh revenge of the sis because obi-wan goes to padme mm-hmm. and he recognizes the relationship and goes to him as a friend goes to her yeah as a friend so yeah i, I agree like those when he goes there it like dug in deep yeah and so then you know they're they're being chased and Leia eventually falls off the building, and that's where he finally gets forced, which is a struggle. But he finally, you know, is able to save her with a force as she's falling. And again, great scene. And again, another scene, seeing how closed off it was, because it was a, just a quick whoosh. Yeah. It was like he had to struggle and dig mm-hmm. deep for it and barely got her at the last second. Mm-hmm. So before they get to the the end of the episode, which was like, hee mm-hmm. Well, going, going to the end. I I always thought that he knew Anakin was alive. I you know because I, I had the discussion with my other friend. He's like, does he know? I'm like, yeah. I mean, even though when he left him, you know, last time he saw Anakin, Anakin was in rough, rough shape, you know, <laughs> to say the least. Right? No arms, no legs, burned to crisp, you know, toasty. Um, but I always had that feeling like there's no way he doesn't know. That Anakin is that, that that connection that brotherly bond that he had with him isn't just broken. It might have been. I mean, oh, I don't know. And I always that, thought that he left a, him for dead. That was, that was like, I mean, me personally. Well, no, mm-hmm. and, and and now looking back because that becomes another critique of the show, and I'm kind of like, and then in my mind, I'm like, but wait a second, is it anywhere else in canon that he would know? And I don't know. I took it as to me, I always took it as he would know because of that bond. Mm-hmm. So when it popped up, I'm like, wait a second, like, why wouldn't he have known somewhere in there? And that's the way I took it. So no. maybe I'm wrong the with that. Side. I got one, one, one word for you, dark side. I get that. If the dark side could hide Palpatine in the middle of all the Jedi, do you think that the dark side would have any trouble cutting off? Any connection that yeah. Obi Wan and, and Anakin had. Yeah, yeah. like I, said, I, I, I always took it as he left him for dead because there's no way he's going to survive the wounds. Right. Not knowing that the and he wouldn't was, have. Yeah, and yeah. um, and I know in some of the newer comic book canon, like people are like, well, didn't Darth Vader rule the galaxy? Like at, at this point, still, he was kind of not in hiding, but the, the Emperor 
was really wanted to give more of the power at the time to like the 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 moths, the the um like Tarkin, you know, those kind of people. And and they even had like they weren't sure about who Vader was and was really iffy about him. Well, well, and then that okay, so let me let me ask this then. It made logical sense to me that Anakin got seduced by Palpatine, right? And then Darth Vader is his his right hand man. Like to me, I put two and two together. Maybe that's because I know the entirety of it. That's um, exactly why. Yeah, and and so that's the other part of it. And then um, the one thing, and then I I need, and this is the one sticking point that I'm not going to let go of until it's explained. Is how does she know he's Anakin? How does Reva know? Yeah. And there, I'm like, how in the world does she know? I, I want to know why. That's a big question right now. Because she was the Padawan that ran out. She knows. Yeah, Anakin but it doesn't mean him. it doesn't mean that she knows Darth Vader's Anakin. How does she know that? Again, going back to the comics, the only people other than that, other than Palpatine, that know about Anakin and Vader is Tarkin and Thrawn. Yeah. According to that canon, so right. that that is a big question, definitely. That, so right now, that is bugging me. That is, all the other things, like yeah, whatever. But that one, I'm like, mm, there better be a mm. good reason why she yeah. knows. Because if not, I'm gonna get mad, Chad. No, I just when you mentioned Thrawn's name, I thought about that was a really good part of the book when he refers to Vader as and was like, oh, I see resemblances in a Jedi I once knew, Anakin Skywalker, and you just like Vader's like fuming at the mention of the of the name <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> again. That's the. Uh, once upon a time in Mex- uh, Hollywood. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Here's my scene. Yep. So I, 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 that is one thing that it needs to come up good. If, if yeah. they don't come up with a good one, I'm going to be, that is going to bug me a, a lot because that is a huge, huge thing to know that Anakin Skywalker is Darth Vader. It is not, it is like above top, top, top secret no, kind of thing. I agree okay. with that. Yeah. I think that even more solidifies the fact that she was one of those little Padawan that went right off. I don't see how. the younglings. Um, why not? Because they had, they would have Jedis teach classes. How, she could how have would met she, how would she know Vader? Dark, yeah. I think he well, told her. He Maybe. He could and, have done that. And, and, and that, and, and that if all, I, all, I want to know why. That's or, all. Yeah. Or, or through the Force, even though they're on the dark side, because she's felt his energy before, and then she meets him as Darth Vader, feels the same type of yeah. energy, even though it's tainted by the dark side. Okay, but, but I, can, I can accept that, but I need to know. I'm not gonna, I, I, that's my point. Like, that is a big thing to know, and if we don't get an explanation of that, that is going to be, to me, a big loophole. That I just leaving. gave you the explanation. No, but, Force but sensitive we're powers. assuming. Force-sensitive. But then I can go back to, like, why didn't Ben know? I can make that I argument. I just told you, because dark but, side, but, but, the dark side. go through? But then when, she, when Vader showed up, he definitely knew that that's who that was. Like, the feel, they had that, that connection because they know that energy. Okay, all plausible, but I want a reason. That's all. It's just me. I want a reason. That's a big thing. To me, that okay. is a big thing. All right. Let's move on. But, so, anyway. But, go ahead, Joe. Oh, going, but going back to the acting chops, Ewan McGregor, like, his face, like, literally, like, he, even the, he just heard it, he saw a ghost. I mean, he had mm-hmm. fear, like, <laughs> blood-curling fear in his face because mm-hmm. he knew, like, when, when, once, he's, once she said that, he knew that was the truth. Yep. And then making it way in, you know, Leia, what's wrong? You know, and he's just not kind of ignoring her yep. and just says Anakin. Then, bam, we get that scene to close that, that ending scene of uh-huh. the Vader uh-huh. outfit getting put on. 
Or no, 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 no. That starts at the, the part three. We just see his his, his eyes, eyes open, open and just yep. pan out as he's in the the back the back of the tank. tank. Yeah. So damn good. <laughs> With the breathing at the end, the ominous. Yep. And even the fade to black. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so excited to have JJ back as well, James Earl Jones. Yes. Right. Uh, more, more Vader dialogue, please. I was wondering. I was wondering what they were doing with that. So, okay, uh, moving on to part three, uh, we get you know they're on the the traveling or the um, trade route ship that they're on, and we see Obi Wan meditating and going into the thing that we haven't mentioned yet, but he is trying to talk to Qui Gon every episode. Mm-hmm. Yep, he has been trying to commune with Qui Gon. Um. I don't know if this means that he's finally trying to do what Yoda was telling him he had something for him to do and he had not been trying this whole time and now he's finally giving it a try or has he been unsuccessful for the past 10 years that, also? I think is it because he was still, you know, he his his mission, protect Luke, training to communicate with Qui-Gon. Things don't happen for 10 years, <laughs> you know. Yeah, and... and- I, I, I think he, he's been trying but can't. Again, with, with the trauma that everything he had to deal with, there's no way that I think you can, in order for you to commune, I mean, we, we, we're, we know it's a big deal. That is not an easy thing because not every Jedi could do that. It was, you know, so for him to, to, to try to get there, I'm thinking there's no way. There's yeah. going to be something I, I really hope. That would be like my geek out run around kind of moment when he, if he finally gets there and communes with Qui-Gon, I'm going to go nuts. I'm going to go crazy. Yeah, and we're getting that stuff because we see, kind of just rewinding quickly real back to uh, chapter, episode one, part one, he's having nightmares and he's getting, I mean, you, you're hearing Qui-Gon's voice, Yoda's mm-hmm. voice, Padme's voice. So I think I'm, I'm leaning, I'm agreeing with you. So there, yeah. there was a moment where he reached out to him on an episode two on Dio where I thought that it actually like, Oh, Qui-Gon did help him mm-hmm. for a second. He's like, Master, help me. And then you hear, spare some change for a veteran. And you see Tamora for the first time mm-hmm. in clone armor because it was all CGI before. And then you realize he's just, you know, a 501st, you know, vet. And he's not really there to help him. But I was like, oh, for, for a second, mm-hmm. I was like, you had me. I thought like Qui-Gon was leading him to some <laughs> help. But no. Oh, that scene, though. But be, being a 501st trooper, too, especially. Was yeah. So sad. <laughs> I, I totally I can't believe I forgot about that part. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was uh that was very cool to see that in there first time little cameo of, of one of the other Star Wars stars. You just seeing how much they just crapped on you know, all right, mm-hmm. you guys are done. Mm-hmm. You know. Especially such an elite status oh, as the five oh first and I mean the five oh first were the ones that went to go went to go check, take out the Jedi at the Jedi Temple. I mean mm-hmm. no small feat. Yeah, but anyway. Hmm. That opens up so so much meta, like real life <laughs> mm-hmm. stuff. No, definitely. Yeah. Oh, I know. With vets and everything. It has a little oh, touchstone into like into the real world. Of like, ooh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Anyways, part three. Um, we do see. Yeah. <laughs> I know, Chad. You're very excited. What What do we get to see in part three, Chad? Uh, you see Zach Braff play Frank. <laughs> <laughs> Your fun, friendly. Oh, is that who pal? he was playing? The, yeah. the mole guy. 
who, literally the mole <laughs> who gives you a ride until you walk to the back of his truck and see his Nazi paraphernalia. Yeah, right. maybe I don't want to ride in this guy's truck. <laughs> right. My friends like when you back up to a truck and see a uh, "Make the Empire Great Again" sticker on the back. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no, but man. even before that, you, you mentioned it already, too, but just the Darth Vader being put together mm-hmm. as you hear him, it's, you know. I think that's the first time we actually see the entire process, right? Have mm. they done it before? They, they did the part at the end of Revenge of the Sith, but not to yeah. that extent. Yeah. Right, that, that's what I yeah. mean, the entire process. Like him floating there, the tubes getting unhooked, all the... Yeah. The uh, appendages being well, put on, the yeah. armor getting bolted to him. It's not just... Yeah, because yeah, uh, that was him being constructed, but this was him, his daily, mm-hmm. after his tank healing, you know, his getting getting uh, GQ'd up, I guess. But, mm-hmm. And especially seeing his face as the helmet's being dropped on again. I, right. I mean, I love that they're not sparing any any time to show Hayden in Vader. Oh, yeah. And and I think when when they do that, for me, you get a better sense of like, what kind of a life, like understanding how angry and where all that dark energy comes from, that's your life. You're half robot. I mean, it, it's like more, what is it? More machine, m- more than, machine man. than man. And then getting the visual of that, you're like, man, who it's can gotta, live like that? Gotta suck. Oh my Lord. And then, yeah. you know, you have that, you have sympathy for the devil. Eh, maybe. In this moment, I don't maybe. know if it's sympathy. Maybe it's understanding. Yeah, or yeah, what was it? If you knew the devil's story, would you get? Would you understand? You know that kind of yeah. thing. Um, yeah. Not excused, but understand. Yeah, but understood. So I mean, when they did that, I mean, like you're saying, the first time we've gotten that full, because we've gotten glimpse. I mean, we got glimpse of empire, and then moving forward, and then and then construction. Well, even, even in Rogue One, you see him barely as the tank empties. Yeah, but you already see him correct uh, uh, dressed. Yeah. But and actually then, seeing the process. Yeah. And knowing that's an in, everyday. Thing. Intense. That was intense yeah. for me. Yeah. And, and exciting all at the same yeah. time. You're like, oh, <laughs> oh, you know, you have that that roller coaster of up and down. And then he comes striding out and oh. starts having conversations. Yeah. And more, more Darth Vader dialogue, please. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't sure if at this point they still had James Earl Jones doing it or if tech had gotten to the point where they could just have anybody talking to a mic and it sound like him. I was like, hmm. I wonder, but then I saw that that he was credited yeah. as being in there, so I was like, okay. Nobody talks like James. Yeah, I, for him. sure. But the way they, they can do deep fakes and all that stuff these days, I yeah. just imagine I imagine that they might want to try I and hope flex that, that because they have a very large vocal catalog of his. I think they were record they've recorded over the last couple of years. I think somebody mentioned that that was James Earl Jones live in studio, mm-hmm. but they have our, our recording catalog because, like like you said, there's. There's been some people that have done a good job, but you could tell it's not James mm-hmm. Earl Jones. And mm-hmm. if they can do that now with his voice still being the same, yeah. But it's I've heard people say how much even better it sounded than his recording for Rogue One. I mean, this sounded like New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, James Earl Jones yeah. to a T. I mean, it was yeah, but like they de-aged his voice or something. Yeah. <laughs> which I think they might have. I mean, well, his voice has changed; he's gotten older, yeah. and um, you. You know, so that and I think that's what made that might have been what made me wonder if they were doing it artificially because it didn't sound like he sounds like now. It was it was a little bit higher tone, definitely a lot more like New Hope, mm-hmm. uh, Darth Vader sounding for sure. Wow, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, mm-hmm. good point, Joe. Thanks. Um, but yeah, watching him talk to the third sister, and uh, you know, they definitely she has a straight line of communication with him. So there's something going on between those two, mm-hmm. um, for sure. 
Um, but watching him like get up and do the, the classic like Vader stand there and brood. Yeah, you want to talk about melodramatic. Was, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yep. So um, watching them uh, launch the probe droids, I thought was interesting yeah. to see their little automated features there. Mm-hmm. That uh, was pretty awesome. But also getting the feeling that they weren't completely fully funded like the rest of the Empire because they made it sound like, well, launch the rest of the plo- probe mm-hmm. droids. Like, mm-hmm. you guys don't have like an unlimited amount? Like, what's happening here? You know, I don't know if anybody else caught on to that. No. But yeah, I did. <laughs> it, it, yeah, no, interesting choice of words, the remaining probe droids. I had that and I'm like, hmm? <laughs> what does that mean? Right. Right, right. When you said that, Derek, it reminded me of that the episode of Family Guy when uh, the the um, escape pod goes out. He's like, "Don't fire! There's no life forms." He's like, "What are you the uh, the weapons budget or something?" <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, you. I think you're kind of on to a good point there because the Grand Inquisitors already said there's only scraps of Jedi left until they found Obi Wan. What do they need to be funded for? Mm-hmm. What do they need the Inquisitors for? Because in the Empire's mind, already won. Don't don't need <laughs> don't really need you guys. Just go play. Don't even know why you had him in the first place, actually. Yeah. If they got him all, well, anyways, whatever. The, Inqu- the Inquisitors are there. Um, but yeah, I thought that was interesting when, when they, and of course, you know, there's the fighting, the infighting that there is there, not, not full on stabbing each other in the gut. Like she, Reva pulled already with one of them um, and mm-hmm. blamed it on Obi-Wan. But um, yeah, only three probe droids left. <laughs> that was weird to me. But it was fun, you know, that they added that little, uh, little bit of info visually is how they launch them and wherever they're stationed at um it was funny to me uh leia's like are we there yet moment that (laughs) cracked me up anybody who's had a parent anybody who's a parent that has had a kid do that to them will immediately identify with that uh it's a it's a old trope but still a good one and it's it's pretty funny made me laugh uh, and that, and the whole, you know, can't you force it or something? That's not how the force works. Like, how many times have we heard that? Yeah, through through the series, uh, through throughout the entire Star Wars canon, actually, we we hear that from time to time. Uh, that's not how the force works. That was a great description of how he told her about the force, but especially again, we we're, this is going to be a little theme of this show, but where he is in this time, because in this episode is like, well, you ever been in the dark, scared of the dark? Hit a switch, the light. But going from that description to where he tells Luke, you know, in full Obi-Wan, it's an energy field that binds us. I mean, so you're seeing different descriptions to, to brother and sister mm-hmm. at different times of his life and their life. And I thought, again, I think things are being pieced perfectly in the show. I completely agree. I think you're getting the the, the tell that he's going to have that moment where he reconnects with the Force. Because, yeah, it, yeah I, I don't see how we don't get that. Um, but, yeah, I, I I can't wait for that. Again, I want I want these moments ready. I know we've only got we're halfway through, and I'm like, I want them ready. I want to see Obi Wan come through. What if we don't get it in in the six episodes and decide to do six more episodes? Well, uh, well that is the rumor. Yes, <laughs> and like I said numerous times, just because it's a limited series does not mean it is automatically one, one season. season. Yeah, and and if right now if we stay on track. I'm, I'm, yeah, give me more. Like, give me more because so far I'm loving it. Yeah, overall. So we watch Obi Wan and Leia trek through this planet that they land on the Joshua Tree, (laughs) which, uh, (laughs) according to Obi Wan's um, description, it's been completely strip mined by the Empire. Mm -hmm. Um, It was a lush, it used to be a lush planet with lots of families and stuff like that. Now, that's not what they show. They show lots of strip mining, 
very bare uh, planet. And, and well, and then don't forget that one moment with Obi Wan, what he who he sees in his little mm-hmm. PTSD, oh, yeah. yeah, moment. Seriously, yeah. That, which oh, it yeah. is. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that was I'm like, ooh, yeah. Anyway, yeah. he sees Anakin standing there. Yep, like old old Anakin before up. before Vader Anakin. Yeah. Yep. Uh, standing there. Of course, it's just something that he's seen and he's not actually there. But, you know, it pulls at the old heartstrings and all that that stuff. <laughs> but again, being, being that they're throwing Hayden Christensen is in the show. I mean, it, we'll put you in Vader. We'll put you in the makeup. We'll put you as uh, Anakin. I mean, I'm just loving this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Well yeah, deserved for the actor. Oh, too. yeah. Absolutely. Yep. Um, yeah. And then they run into Frick. With Leia, Leia's, of course, it's with Leia, uh, typical getting getting herself into some trouble. Yeah. Oh my goodness, it's so beautifully written and done. Yeah, um, and acted again. Yep, such a missed opportunity though. And she's like, "Aren't you going to say hello, Father?" And he's just like, <laughs> "Hello, hello." I was like, "Dang it, that was it. That yep. was your chance." There was no hello there. I know. I'm waiting for it. Too. We're still on the under. I know. Yeah, we're way <laughs> off in that prediction. I can't wait until he says hello there. I hope he. I hope he says it once. at least once. He's got to say it once. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but interesting character. Uh, I didn't realize that's who uh, was playing that character because uh, again, I was going over the crew list or the uh, um, yeah yeah uh, of cast. the seri- the cast. Uh, thank you. Well, and even um, the voice was doctored. I'm like, God, that sounds familiar. But I still couldn't place it until yeah. I saw the credits. And once I saw his name, I'm like. There you go. Yep. And for Scrubs fans, knowing that he's best friends with Donald Faison, mm-hmm. Faison is the voice for uh, the the um, Rodian pilot in Resistance. Oh, um, but his uh, name was Faison something. Yeah, I forgot. <laughs> yeah. So nice little friends getting hooked up with Star Wars characters. I gotta use those connections if you have them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I would. Whew. Um, <clears throat> watching the uh, close call with the stormtroopers, that was fun mm-hmm. to see, and also you know again uh, a chance to pull at the heartstrings. Mm-hmm. Uh, talking to, to Lo, wait, Luma. Luma, Luma, calling her Leia, getting caught in it, figuring out a way out. Um, not only do we get to see that you know he's getting back into his, men- not that I think his mental acuity was down, but definitely getting back into the hang of things of, um having to be creative and stay under the radar. Um, you know, but watching that scene definitely led to the, you know, they dropped off the stormtroopers, all very well done. And uh, then the conversation that he has with Leia after that, you know, she's like, you're keeping things out. And here you can see again, to me, it felt like they're very much hinting. She is force sensitive. Mm-hmm. Her intuition. Can, her intuition is spot on and she doesn't back away from it. She voices mm-hmm. it. she, Mm-hmm. leans into it um which is one of the the great characteristics of you know leia uh, throughout the entire arc of her story is that she she trusts her instincts and she leans into them 100 percent. so her you know being able to call obi-wan out on you're not telling me the whole truth and i can tell it's awesome yeah especially kind of going back to the first episode when owen's talk you know owen and ben are having the conversation about luke He's like, you don't care about the boy. You're just wondering if he's showing, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, when the time comes, he's going to be need to be trained. Well, we're we're seeing clearly in the first three episodes of Leia, she is showing. And one of her, I would say these are forced traits, but is her intuition, her gut feeling reading into people 
and you read into her cousin uh, the couple times with uh, Ben in episode two, and especially this scene when she asked, like, you knew my mother, and are you my father? You know, kind of like all that stuff. But And I think in like later book or uh, comic book canon, they said that that was one of her big force skills How, was but, being able to read people, and that's why she was such a great you know leader and communicator with people too. Yep. Yep. So we're clearly seeing she is force sensitive mm-hmm. at this young of an age. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. And then, uh, you know, we, uh, old Zach, old Zachy Freck leads him into the trap. Not a nice thing to do. Uh, he's the only one that lives from that. Mm-hmm. Surprisingly mm-hmm. enough. Gets uh, bashed in the back of the head. We get to see Obi-Wan with his moves uh, again. Taking care of business, even though he's using a blaster, which we know how much he so hates those things, <laughs> but still very good with it. Very effective. Yep. Uh, even so much as doing the quick draw shoot down of a stormtrooper that had met, was trying to use Leia as a shield. Um, takes him out. And then we meet uh, another new character, uh, Tila? Tala. Tala. Uh, she shows up with three stormtroopers, so we're like, oh, great. Now they're in trouble. But. You know, nothing shows your commitment to helping somebody when you shoot stormtroopers in the back mm-hmm. and you're supposed to be their commander. So yeah, um, no explanation needed on her part to, or even trying to convince them to, to come with um, if she was willing to shoot the three stormtroopers like that. So. And, and this is another lady that I was introduced, uh, Indira Varma. Uh, she was, I, I first saw her in Game of Thrones. So this is another mm-hmm. Game of Thrones actor making their way into Star Wars. And she was actually... Uh, Pedro Pascal's lover in mm-hmm. Game mm-hmm. of Thrones. So, oh, uh, okay, yep, yep. There's that connection there. Yeah, no, I I knew her. I knew I knew her from there. So, yeah. Um, so she shows them the path. Now, is that something that's coming from? I feel from. I never played Fallen Order all the way. Is that something that's mentioned in Fallen Order? I didn't play the entire story. I get it. For some reason, I get a feeling that's playing a part of it. I don't know if it's just because I've seen lots of stuff about Falling Order lately also. or And the show is obviously taking from that as the Inquisitor's Fortress mm-hmm. is from the game. So, Yeah. I never played, so I'm not sure. Anyway. I, I, and I didn't finish it either, and it's been forever, so I don't mm-hmm. know. Okay. Well, either way, uh, there's uh, Underground for uh, escape, helping people escape the Empire. And uh, she's part of it, even though she's in the Empire. So she's, she's playing one of the most dangerous uh, parts of the helping people escape is to actually being part of the machine and fighting against it. Um, so, and uh, that's when we find out that Haji was a legit help because she was there to help Obi-Wan escape. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So how do both of them know that he's Obi-Wan Kenobi? I want to know. That's I want that explained. Yeah. Well, I mean, they blasted what's her name? Revo blasted his face to all the bounty hunters on that planet. So. Mm. Oh, that's true. Oh yeah, no, no, she did. Yeah, and and Obi Wan as Obi Wan, I think, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Because that that's going back again. That's where Leia, when she thinks that he is actually there, she got kidnapped because of him. Because mm-hmm. she read, she obviously yeah. read that, which is the truth. Technically, yeah. she was kidnapped to wheel yeah. him out. But she's like, mm-hmm. "Who's Obi Wan Kenobi?" And you're, you're not lying to me, or you're lying to me. Yep. And that's where she bailed. So, yeah. Right. And we get introduced to a really cool uh, non talking droid, mm-hmm. which yeah. I thought was pretty awesome. Yeah. I forget his name, but. Hammer, just right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. 
Yeah, they get uh, takes him to the safe house. That's where we see all the stuff. We see to see about Quinn. Uh, Quinlan uh, was on there, mm-hmm. had been there. Uh, we see other markings, and I'm sure there's somebody out there who has bothered to screenshot them all and dissert, uh, um, decipher all of it because yeah. it's all in there. They, they name a few on a, a Nerdist uh, breakdown. They said they're still, they didn't get all of them because it happened so quick. So they're like, let us know if you see any. But they mention a few messages by certain Jedi that were mentioned in, again, uh, book canon, video game canon, and, and stuff. But, but being that Quinlan's been there multiple times, uh, cycling people and Jedi young Jedi. Cause again, that's been a big storyline for star Wars since clone wars is Palpatine wanting to steal force sensitive children. Got it back in rebels. Got a little bit about it. Well, obviously with Grogu. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's still a thing that's deep on, uh, emperors or Palpatine's, uh, to do list is still seek out force sensitive children. Yep. And that's where the inquisitors came from too. Cause that's what, you know, that's how he built them. From when they're younger, right? So, um, but you know, here comes Vader to completely <laughs> screw up the plans, and boy, does he show up in brutal fashion, um, casually murdering several people, dropping Obi Wan to his knees just by feeling the, the presence. Yep. I mean, we thought it was chilling on Rebels when Kanan and Ezra first felt Vader. They were just like, I feel cold. Mm-hmm. It almost dropped Obi-Wan to his knees mm-hmm. just feeling his presence. And yeah, just that walk down the Probably street. for a lot of reasons. Too. Yeah. Not just the dark side presence. Yeah. So. But man. Yeah. That was, uh, yikes. Snapping necks and cashing checks. And dragging people. Mm-hmm. So what do you guys think for, I mean, the scene in Rogue One was awesome. Oh yeah. With, down the hall, but... How would you compare, I'm totally different, but kind of the same. How do you compare a scene down the hall with a lightsaber with soldiers or a scene just walking through civilians? This one is infinitely more intense. I agree. Because <laughs> you, can, you can excuse the battle. Soldier, you're in battle. He's taking innocent people and straight killing them all to try to pull Obi-Wan out. You know what he's doing. Like, I'm going to kill, are you going to stop me from killing? Oh, no. He's dead because of you. Oh, no, I'm going to kill them because of you. I'm going to do because like that. The evil of taking an innocent person who has mm-hmm. nothing to do with it and kill them in, in the blink of an eye with no regard is pure evil. And that was intense. That what the first one when he pulled, I'm like, oh, man, then snap. You're like, oh, <gasps> yeah. And the second one, you realize the, the, the neck you snapped, I think, was the guy's like son. The kid. Yeah, yeah, it was like, yeah. it wasn't just it was another neighbor. And then you're like, oh. And not just the women, but the or not just the men, but the women and children. Yeah, it, so to have that, we already know. I mean, we we know that that Anakin killed, you know, uh, the younglings. We so we we heard about that. We know, but to watch him like take an innocence and straight, I'm like, wow, like it was crazy intense. I've seen that scene three times, and every time, I'm like, wow, wow. Uh, that scene, as intense and evil as it is, I still think the one on the ship was more entertaining. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as just watching force powers, him just flying through people um, in a fight. Um, but yeah, no, definitely showing the just how cruel and evil he has become. Both iconic. I'll just yeah. say that. Yep. What about you, Chad? Which one? I, I, I agree for both of you for both your reasons. I think Rogue One was more fun to watch, but the, the town is much more brutal for the reasons that Udi said. And then uh, the fight comes. 
him and Obi-Wan, lightsabers out. I think my favorite part of that whole thing is that he... So Darth Vader comes out first, ignites his saber. Obi-Wan has his, thinks about it for a second, runs off. But the second he hears his voice, boom, saber's out. He's ready to go like that. I, I love that. And again, going, we know how skillful Obi-Wan was with his lightsaber. Again, he looks awkward and mm-hmm. like not, not confused, but he feels like at times he doesn't know how to even hold it mm-hmm. or what to do with it. I mean, again, seeing how closed off he is from his training and his old life as a Jedi... He just feels out of sort, just even holding the lightsaber. And I mean, it, he did he even like swing it, or was it all defense? I felt like it was all defense. Yeah. He was just trying to hold him back. Um, I mean, and Vader, you know, Vader's like, you've grown weak. You're, yeah. you know, you're nothing of a button. It definitely got the, the feeling that at that point in time, he was just toying with him, which clearly he was when he finally did start um, torturing him. Like an earnest, but before that, there was one little part that makes me laugh, and it goes back to the whole uh, Anakin or Obi Wan trained you all when he's talking to Luke. You know, the high ground has been a part that that people have yeah. joked about mm-hmm. for a long time. Yeah. Uh, also, steam coming out of things. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Did you guys catch that too? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. that's got to be some Obi Wan training too. Because apparently, steam will stop Darth Vader <laughs> yeah. from advancing. Also, whoa, 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 whoa. Luke also uses it on him. So I just I had that moment of this is such a ridiculous thing to laugh about. And I'm sure there'll be memes later, but uh, yeah, if you uh, need a quick getaway from Vader, also hit that steam pipe because yeah, exactly. you uh, won't know what to do with it. So, <laughs> but again, going with a <laughs> just a traditional Star Wars dialogue, but still tugging on the heartstrings. What have you become? Mm-hmm. What you made me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah. oh. right? <laughs> yep. Props to uh, Hayden Christensen if he if he was you know Vader in these fight choreographed scenes and not not a stunt person cuz they did Vader I thought exceptionally well in the fight especially in the uh the more extended lightsaber fight that they had um cuz he as Vader is one-handed and mm-hmm. brutally brutally attacking with that one-handed mm-hmm. stance which like in all the comics all the games like that's Vader and we never really got to see that in the movies just because of the limitations of the costume but seeing him just one-handed, just always on approach, and then there's a couple of times where you see him just taking multiple strikes mm-hmm. just in quick yeah. succession, and that I thought that mm-hmm. like that is the Vader I think we've all been kind of waiting to see in live action, and it was done very, very well. I, I think it was because according to the Vanity Fair uh, mm-hmm. issue that came out, there was pictures of uh, Hayden, you know, with a lightsaber, like fighting with a yeah. somebody and stuff. But that's uh, good. I, I was yeah. I'm glad they did that. And even before that, but just, you know, when he's walking through, then stops and just says that Mike Myers, just a quick look, you know, the David Prowse that was so good at you, you know, using the, the movement of mm-hmm. the helmet and everything. But oh, this scene, again, this is where I wanted that more intense kind of like recognizable music, but it was great. And just the way Vader was just like a killer whale toying with a sea lion. He mm-hmm. was, he's like, I'm not going to kill you. I'm going to torture. You're going to suffer, bro. Yep. And he and he started started with it. I mean that whole those crystals, whatever those things were, and you know holding Obi Wan up till then crushing him till he drops his lightsaber, and then tells him this is where pain begins. Lights up those crystals and just starts dragging him through that fire. Yeah, I mean that is just brutal. Dark. That was dark. <laughs> yeah. Then then I love when because Tala left Leia to help Obi-Wan and we didn't know she grabbed that the uh the stacker droid or whatever it was called but she shoots from the high ground mm-hmm. and so obviously uh 
But that was the, the cool thing. The stormtroopers go to point and shoot at her, but Vader's still focused on Kenobi the whole time until he finally slowly looks at her, or looks that way. I was so. Vader starts the fire, drags Obi-Wan through it, extinguishes the fire, tells the stormtrooper to go get him. She shoots the generator or whatever, and a fire starts again. I was like, why doesn't, why doesn't Vader just extinguish the fire again and take care of business? It's because she had the high ground. He's like, I'm not going over there. <laughs> Been there, done that. He's like, I know better than this. Well, it was a much bigger fire, too, because mm. she, whatever she ignited, it was yeah, not It wasn't the one he amount. was controlling. Yeah. yeah it, was, it was a much bigger, brighter fire that was happening. And uh, I, I know there's going to be, I've already seen that people are, are wondering why did she, why did Vader let um, Obi Wan go like why didn't he just force grab him like what's mm-hmm. going on because clearly he could um from that distance and i think as much as vader vader is someone who yes you do see that he lets out his anger but he controls when he lets it out like he decides when to do it and when he does it he fully commits to letting it out but the one lesson that he is gonna always take away from his defeat at obi-wan's hands is don't rush into anything. If you're not entirely in control of this situation, there's nothing wrong with standing back for a second and checking stuff out. And besides, this might even lead to more Jedi or whatever, mm-hmm. especially if he's got help, then it'll help me mm-hmm. root out not just Obi-Wan, but anybody who's helping him too. And now I know where he's at. I can find him. It'll be easy. The chase is fun. <laughs> you know Exactly. And it'll be part of his torture too if he thinks he can get away, but I'm right behind him. So he'll be scared that I'm going to catch him. Yeah, and I think the other part of it, too, has to do with those quick movements. It's like, okay, analyzing the situation pretty quickly and going, okay, this is done. We'll move on to the next one because there's another thing to do. And, and that's the sense I got because, I mean, you go back to uh, A New Hope when he's like, I, a presence I haven't felt any pauses. And he has that moment like he contemplates a hard turn mm-hmm. and to back on mission. So I got that same feeling here like, okay, do I push that and go after him, or do I just let it wait and then we move on to the next part? And mm-hmm. that's that that like you were saying that that quick head movement, that that you know pause, and then that quick movement all plays out into the character. I'm like, okay, that because I agree. Like I'm like, why didn't? And then I kind of went, ah, okay. Like everything played into my head. I'm like, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, one thing that we do know about Vader, and that all the way from. Um, a new hope is that he was the emperor's right hand man and going out and rooting out any resistance, you know, and you don't do that by just having knee jerk reactions and grabbing the first person that you see that something, you know, you, you figure out how to follow them, let the rest of them show who they are. You know, that whole thing is part of that patience thing that the inquisitor was talking about. You know, that's gotta be part of Vader's way of doing things also now. So, Mm -hmm. um, but again, when he lets that anger out in full force, it's yeah. that's where we see the brutality that he's also known for. So, um, yeah, I, I get why he, he let Kenobi go. You know, now that he's got a good idea where he's at, mm-hmm. there's more there's more pain and torture to inflict on him. So yeah. Why uh why stop the fun now? And there's been some in the first three episodes. There's been some great visual shots, but the shot of Vader staring at the fire, seeing the flames in his eyes. Ah, oh, that's so awesome. <laughs> yep. So, and then at the very last, the very last thing we see is the very last thing we wanted to see. Third sister's got the drop on Leia coming out of the tunnel. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
yeah, that's where part three ends. And we got a few more days as of this recording where uh, we'll see what happens <laughs> mm-hmm. next. But yeah, I know a lot of people were like, it, she was running way ahead of her, and then Reva was in the tunnel, and all of a sudden she's at the end of the tunnel or something. But I know yeah, that. well, I, she doesn't, she's not hindered by having to hide through a tunnel or beyond yeah, foot. True. I mean, she could see what direction the tunnel was going. And I had this discussion with Duty actually that you bring it up. Uh, see what direction the tunnel's going in. I mean, because you're not going to, I imagine, have a whole lot of. Mm-hmm snaking around mm-hmm. or place to go i mean you but building a tunnel is not the easiest thing in the in the world especially because it looks like it's reinforced well used blah 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 um get a general idea where that direction is she uses the force also can get out hop on a speeder yeah and get to where she's got to go way faster than anybody on foot yeah. let alone mm-hmm. a little girl get there <laughs> kill whatever pilot's hanging around just because she can if she even killed him she might have just knocked him out who knows kill them probably yeah um, you know, see that the tunnel entrance exit is, or there's a tunnel right there by the landing pad and she just sit and wait, see who comes out. It's not, again, the patience thing, Yeah, you know, <clears throat> and her, yeah, her ability to move around is much easier and quicker than anybody running through a tunnel. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it, I didn't, didn't surprise me at all. What I thought was going to happen was that she was going to chase through the tunnel and run into the, uh, Tala. Tala? Mm. Yeah. Oh run into her and I thought, oh, that's going to be the end of Tala right there. But lucky for Tala and Obi-Wan, that's not the case. She decided yeah. to go a, a different route. So it all worked out except for Leia. <laughs> now Leia's in trouble <laughs> again. Oh, goodness. Which so, makes sense when she gets captured. She's like, oh, yeah, here I am again. <laughs> you know, by the time we see her New Hope. Like she's not phased by being captured. I mean, right? seems like a little. Yeah, she's not dead yet. So yeah. I'm captured. So that means I still got plays. Yeah. All right. And that so 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 far, guys. What do you what are you feeling about uh, Obi Wan Obi Wan Kenobi series so far, Udi? Uh, overall, I'm really enjoying it. Uh, there are a few, like anything, never perfect, but yeah. Overall, I'm having a good time. Uh, a couple questions, like I brought up, need to be answered for me to fully, you know, really, really embrace it. But overall, I'm liking the action. I love seeing Darth. I love um, knowing that Hayden's there. Uh, and as per usual, Ewan McGregor is doing an outstanding job in being Obi-Wan. And, uh, and I'm really enjoying the, his portrayal of a broken Obi-Wan. Um, and I want to see, and I hope, you know, maybe not in this series, if they continue his arc. Because Obi-Wan, going back into Clone Wars, we know that one. We get the one in New Hope. And now I want to see, we've been wanting to see this one. So... I'm enjoying it very much right now. Yeah. All right, Chad, what are you feeling? I love it. Um, one of the first questions I wrote down when watching it is, is Ewan still Obi-Wan? Because um, my thought was, is he going to be more episode three, more episode four? And I was wrong in both. He's yeah. neither. He's Ben. Because we're seeing, we're seeing Ben Kenobi. We're something totally different and in a much different place than either of, of those two Obi-Wans we're familiar with have, have ever been. So we'll get to kind of see, hopefully by the end of the series, whether that's one season or two, get to see more of the transition out to the Obi-Wan that we finally see in episode four. Mm-hmm. Now, I know you had a bunch of questions that you had written down. Is there anything that we, we can hit on all of them? Yeah. Okay. Just wanted to make sure. Didn't want you I was to, keeping yeah. track as we went, but you that was really it. the only one we didn't specifically mention. Okay. All right. Good. I'm glad we covered them because I know you mm-hmm. had, you had a, a list. And uh, I didn't want them, didn't want that list to go ignored. So, okay, cool. 
Joe. Um, without echoing both Udi and Chad, I'm loving the show. It's everything I was hoping for and not expecting and expecting. And the the cast is great. The the new characters are great. Little Leia is awesome. The, you know, the one continuous story is great. Um, you know, we were excited when Deborah Chow was uh, listed as the director and showrunner, and it's proven to be a great decision. Um, the, the, the TLC taken on the show is is there. And like Udi said, it's not without its, its critiques or nitpicks, but, I mean, it's just way more positive for me, and, and I'm loving the show, so... Um, it's just sad that we're, you know, within a week, we're already halfway through as long as we've been waiting, the years we've been waiting for this. That's the only, one of the only downsides, but no, I'm enjoying it. I, I love it. Cool. Yeah, I also am enjoying it immensely and I don't have a problem waiting for the entire season to go um, before worrying about questions that are not answered yet. That's the whole point of watching a series and as far as I'm concerned. so. Um, all the critiques that are out there about, well, what about this or what about that? I'm like, this show's not over yet. Just wait until it's over. So, um, but I'm going to enjoy it for everything it has. Uh, I, do, I don't have any complaints. I think that um, The Mandalorian definitely helps set up a whole lot of how this is working. Uh, I'm sure they're using a lot of tech from it uh, and making this, this be the amazing show that it is. And uh, I'm excited to see what happens next. So, all right. Uh, if you guys feel differently for any reasons that are, yeah, for whatever reasons, you know, let us know. Um, what are what are the uh, socials there, Joey? Well, of course, I did put out a spoiler post on asking people what their thoughts were on the first uh, three episodes. So we got a couple comments, uh, starting with John Zancanaro on as all through Instagram. A good buddy here. Uh, he wrote, seeing it with thousands of people at the world premiere next to Joey. That's me. Uh, was incredible. I'm really enjoying the feel of the show. Feels more cinematic than normal TV show. At the halfway point, I feel the tone is great and can't wait to see what happens next. Uh, our good friend Alex, the big smooth, uh, wrote. <laughs> I kind of re- uh, touched on this earlier. Uh, the continue the continue it. Continuity. Continuity, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Of having Leia in the show and her famous line from A New Hope, mainly you served my father in the Clone Wars, is bugging me. Uh, She clearly should have shown him and addressing him more like, remember when you saved my ass when I was 10? I need that again, please. Uh, The deeper they go in between episodes, it's harder to keep things like this from happening. But this is like what I was saying. um, A great comment, too. I mean, a lot lot of people were wondering about We talked about Mm -hmm. it on... You know why don't you, why don't you mention that? But like I said, in my opinion, Leia is more about the greater good, not saying, "Hey, save me like you did when I was ten. Save the galaxy. You served my fa- uh, father as a general in the Clone Wars." So, I mean, we, up to this point, Ben Kenobi hasn't saved her, so maybe he has to become Obi Wan to save her. And yeah. that's the like we already mentioned. That's the version of him she needs to mm-hmm. to help in A New Hope. Yeah. So, and one more. Okay. I think it was his episode. Uh, one more from Sasquatch79, good friend Efren. Uh, good point, Alex. I'm digging it. It was nice to see them land in the Mojave Desert. I can't get enough of those Joshua trees. <laughs> the blue and red glow. Oh, man, they can't make Obi-Wan seem this weak. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think at some point he's going to see again. Uh, I'm really hoping we get some serious 
some series character crossovers. I was hoping to see the Bad Batch's signatures in the secret room, <laughs> or even Mace Windu maybe in a later part. Well, I, I think, that would be cool. Yeah, that yeah. would be. But I think we we kind of addressed both of, the, and that that is a common concern a lot of people have little continuity things. But I think again, when you really look at it, you can kind of see. And, and like you said, Derek, we're not done yet. Mm-hmm. Yep. We're not done yeah. yet. So everybody, like, pump the brakes. Let, let con, continue to enjoy what you're going to get out of it, and then hopefully that kind of just flows through. And one last point when it comes to all these questions and critiques that people are having. Remember who's ultimately okaying this. Mm-hmm. Filoni and Favreau. And these two are going to know all the, especially uh, Filoni, all the ins and outs, all the stories, how everything ties together. He's not going to let something happen that doesn't make sense or breaks canon. Yeah. So have a little patience. And watch the show. <laughs> I know there's no way Filoni's going to let anything get broken in any way, shape, or form. He's he's just it's. I don't think it's in his DNA to let it happen. Yeah, and another thing that all, we're getting a lot of you know this is a third show we've gotten. Uh, we got some other shows on the way, but this was a, a, an original movie. A lot of that storyline from the movie is in the show. They had to do rewrites and reshoots to expand the story. So. You know, but the, the main base and foundation of this was the film script. Hmm. So there yeah. you go. All right. But thanks, thanks for your show. comments. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah thanks, so guys. Another shout out to John for hanging out uh, with me at Celebration. Yeah, Joe was at Celebration. Yeah, I couldn't he, post much because the Wi-Fi there was just crap. So. Well, I mean, <laughs> unindated with people, I'm sure, yeah. too. But uh, yeah, Joe got to be there, uh, watched a lot of uh, stuff met a lot of people saw a lot of panels <laughs> all kinds of stuff not as much as i wanted to but <laughs> yeah and and i'm sure we could spend a lot of time talking about what you saw down there is there any what what kind of highlights would you like to uh talk about here yeah Joe? so briefly uh well first of all i'll start out with, with a negative and the the one negative and it it wasn't celebration but it was the the reservation system and not being able to get into some of the major panels was because I, I love going to the major panels. I love going to panels here and not being able to get into a majority of them uh, was kind of a bummer for me. But I, I was still luckily able to get to the world premiere, which was amazing. Uh, we were sitting pretty close. We're, we, we were right when the seat right right above the, the level floor. Right when it started, uh, still on the the lower level, but when it started elevating up, so I noticed about twenty feet in front of us before the the movie or the show started, uh, Bonnie Peace, uh, Aunt Baru was like right in front of us, mm. and then she was sitting right next to the character Tala, uh, just uh, from Game of Thrones. I forget her real name, and then uh, we find out a lot of the crew was sitting like in our area, so which was was super cool. And uh, then I saw O'Shea Jackson, Ice Cube's son. He's in the show, hasn't been introduced yet. Yeah, I was wondering. Yeah, so he was like 40 feet from us, and then crowd erupts, and you see Hayden walking, and he sits right next to O'Shea. So I'm like, oh, my God, we're like 40 feet away from Darth Vader. It's awesome then. Nice. And, of course, um, they were passing out Obi-Wan Kenobi Frosted Flakes, so I got a box of those. Um, Then Deborah Chow and Ewan McGregor show up on stage, introduce the show, and that was amazing. And, you know, I took a lot of pictures. Most of them are on my Facebook, but I I got them on Instagram, too. I'll, I'll, I'll try to post some more, but... Then after the two episodes, which were, you know, seeing them on, on the big screen was just, you oh, see how cinematic the show was. That must have been uh, seeing it on there. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, oh, and even before that, you actually walked the red carpet of the th- so they had popcorn soda. They had the the Obi Wan visuals. They had the Nissan vehicles that were there. They had costumes of the Inquisitors and Obi Wan's costumes in a glass case. So I mean, you really felt like you were part of the Hollywood a Hollywood world premiere, which was awesome. Wow! And then Deborah and Ewan came back out. Brought out most of the cast, including Jimmy Smits and wow. uh, Bonnie Peace and uh, Reva and Owen weren't there. Komal wasn't there, but pretty much everybody else was. And then again, uh, Ewan and Hayden got the huge ovations, but of course, little Leia got the loudest one because she was the last one introduced in. Very, very, very cool. Um, then one one thing I like to do is, you guys probably saw it on YouTube, but uh, Star Wars does the Star Wars Celebration Live a stage show used to be the star Wars show live, but they, they don't do the star Wars show no more, but it's the same uh, people doing that. So a couple times, like the first one I saw on opening day was, uh, the cast of Willow, which was <laughs> a big surprise, a, wow. a happy surprise to see the, the trailer, uh, for the, it's a Disney plus show too. Not, it's not a movie. It's an actual show. Oh, I'm, I'm looking forward to oh, that. It looks That's amazing. Awesome. I love that movie yeah. so much. Uh, written by John Kasdan, a son of Lawrence Kasdan who did solo. He did, uh, the Jumanji welcome to the jungle and stuff. So he's the showrunner. Uh, I don't know about directing, but he's the writer. So they brought out Warwick Davis and Jolie Wally, uh, Val Kilmer's ex-wife, but she plays Sorsha in the original movie. So okay. she's in the show. And one thing they mention is like, uh, obviously because of Val Kilmer's health, he's not in the show. Um, and there's no way you're going to, they're like, you can't recast Mad Mardigan. So he's not in it, but his, a lot of storyline has to do with his character. So I'm really excited for the show. So I, I spent, uh, you know, I, I was up there. I, I saw uh, um, Jonas Sutomo. He plays Chewbacca. I saw him on stage uh, from afar. I saw uh, Tamora Morrison. Like I said, one of my highlights was just seeing him. Like he, he led the crowd. He was singing Drift Away on the stage. And I, don't, I think the girl that I was interviewing hardly said anything because he was just, if you know Tamora, I mean, he, he could just, he doesn't need a, a moderator. He could just do his own thing. You know, ended the show with a haka, which was cool seeing live. Everybody loved it. Um, who, who else? I saw Pedro Pascal from afar, so I, I got some good pictures of him. I saw the the closing one with um, Sam Witwer and Matt Latner. I was literally right behind behind them on the stage, so of course everybody was yelling for Sam to shout out Kenobi, which he did. But he had, like I was telling Chad, he's got to dig into it, so he had to really get it from from uh, deep inside. But um, and one of the panels I did get into was uh, actually the Bad Batch uh, hmm. panel, which I'll, I'll share with you guys a video, but they read from a script. You might have seen it on YouTube, but a script where the character uh, um, Omega's voice and D. Bradley Baker voicing all the clones. And they, they specifically said the way, they're like, all right, do you, D, do you want to cut? You know, you'll do Hunter's lines and you'll do Wrecker's lines. He's like, no, let's just run through it. So they read a scene and he was literally going the scene from clone, uh, from bad member to member without even having to stop to take yeah, a break. Yeah, he didn't. Yeah, so that was really cool. And he's seen him just voice act as amazing too. Plus, he was answering questions as Wrecker, as Tech, as, you know, everybody. So That is a talented dude, man. Yeah, it, it was. And and it, it showed me a little bit more appreciation. I, I mean, I always had appreciation for Clone Wars because of him anyways. But um, actually seeing too that, uh, Filoni wasn't part of the panel, but he introduced the panel, but he was, re- he's been really specific on being like, you know, these are the crew that are, you know, these are my people that are doing the show. 
you know, but I basically him passing the torch. Right. And so again, again and we've noticed that too, is like, we, it doesn't feel flowny to us. And I think that, that was one of the things, but mm-hmm. you know, getting more of an appreciation for, you know, who is making the show, but that they are Dave's crew. They are Dave's people and they do care about what they're doing. Um, Seeing the the clones, they they mentioned a few t- a little bit of time has passed, in season two. So their their costumes are different, and they showed a clip, and the trailer looks amazing. Um, I'm actually I am excited for season two. I will say that. So, I'm telling you, yeah. season two of the animated series hit seems to hit their stride so yeah. far. I'm yeah. hoping that this continues on with and Bad Batch. The animation again looks beautiful, and so I'm excited. And just I mean, we you guys have seen the trailer. I'm, I'm sure seeing mm-hmm. so even seeing just. We get Cody back, you know, Commander Cody. Um, we're, it looks like we're getting a lot more Empire stories because mm-hmm. uh, they're deep, digging deep into, where, where, where did it end from Thrawn? The, Mount Tantus. Yes. So that's going to be a big part of the show. Cool. But of course, Celebration, them, you know, meeting new friends, meeting new friends, hanging out with everybody. That's always a highlight. Um, I, I think I text you guys right away. I'm like, they're not enforcing the mask thing, mm-hmm. which was mm-hmm. very nice. <laughs> Um, you still had to get a little bracelet to show you were either vaxxed or tested, but I mean, it was very felt, it felt normal, you know, so always fun and, uh, not sure if I'll make it to London, but, uh, for the next one, but yeah, it's, it's always a great, a great time. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, I wish I could have been there (laughs) for sure. It would have been one poster. It would have been the first time I'd gone to one, but just didn't work out that way. All right. Well, we got uh, part four in a couple days. Mm-hmm. Anything else you guys want to talk about? All right. Well, uh, guys, hit us up on our socials. And uh, until then, from this Do crew, again. crew again. <laughs> <laughs> and on this mega show. From, from this crew of Butterfingers, we want to remind you. <laughs> Better not lay a finger on our Butterfinger. Butter fingers. <laughs> oh man. Anyways, this is the way. This is this the way. Is the way. <laughs> <laughs>